Jamin, guess what? What? It's that time of the year again. Halloween. Thriller night, you muggle. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> We're, it's only our third year and yeah. it's still a little bit contentious. That's what won the popular vote when it was put up to vote between Thriller Night and Thrillerween. I still see people calling it Thrillerween here and there. Yeah, I know. Remember, I was dead against Thriller Night. I wanted Thrillerween so bad. I'm warming to Thrillerween. It's, it's, yeah, a couple of years on, I'm still, I'm, I'm open to it. It's okay. Really? Because then you're going to have to, like, change the way we name these episodes. No, that's not happening. We've got to be consistent. Well, there you go. Well, three years, three years. We've, this is our third Thriller Night special now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. We've had some pretty awesome guests in the past ones as well. We did. Episode 19 was a terrific chat. Not great quality, but a great conversation nonetheless with Lavelle Smith Jr., who worked on the Ghosts short film. Mm, I really enjoyed that episode. And we could sort of, we could get him back again one day, I reckon, you know, because we talked a lot about Ghosts in there and a couple of other little things, but he's still got a lot of stories, I reckon. For sure, absolutely. And then episode 43 was our second and that was with CJ Devilla. Hmm. A bit of monster chat. Yes, that was pretty cool too. And now our third Thriller Night special with a guest that's even more representative of of the whole Thriller Night Halloween MJ awesomeness. Yes, like directly. <laughs> the Scream Queen herself. That's it the Halloween thriller scream queen, Miss Ola Ray. Presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Greetings, ghouls and gals out there. I am Q of the MJ Cast, and today, Jamin and I are thrilled to present this special episode to you. How lucky we are as Michael Jackson fans that not only is Halloween our very special fun holiday thriller night, 
to again celebrate Michael and his music, but also that our idol short film is the most successful music video of all time to accompany the best-selling album of all time, Thriller. It's difficult to hear the song Thriller and not think of the iconic film. The Red Jacket, The Zombies, That Dance, and The Gorgeous Leading Lady, released December 2nd, 1983 for an album that had already broken all the records, the film is a cultural touchstone. Thriller has been voted as the most influential pop video of all time, and in 2009 it was the first and only music video that we've seen in our research to be inducted into the National Film Registry by the US Library of Congress. Our guest today for this Thriller Night special episode has been on our wish list from the very beginning of the MJ cast. And we are so grateful to be able to share this conversation with you all to help celebrate on this fun and spooky day. We would like to welcome to the MJ cast, the queen of Halloween, the leading lady of the Thriller short film, Ola Ray. Welcome, Ola. Hello. How are you doing? We're very, very well and very excited to speak with you. I'm excited to be here also. Where are you Skyping in from? Los Angeles. Awesome. Geez, I hope I get to go to LA one day. I've never been. (laughs) Oh, it's so beautiful here. I love the beaches. Q, you've been, right? I have been to LA and and funny enough, when I was there, I I went to the uh, place where they filmed Thriller outside the theatre and out mm-hmm. on the, the street. So I got to see a few of the locations that we'll be uh, maybe talking about today. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun shooting Thriller, being with Michael. First, before we get there, Ola, tell us about your upcoming book. What can we expect from it? Okay, um, well, the name of it is called The Thrill of It All. And basically, it's a story, a true story about my life and how I realized that at a very young age of three that I wanted to be in the entertainment industry by watching Goldie Hawn. She had a, a TV show on at the time where she was dancing in a cage. It was like go-go dancing. And afterwards, I would like dance around my house, my underwear and everything. And I was saying, and so I knew then that that's pretty much what I wanted to do. And then, the, and then I take you on a journey uh, about my childhood and, you know, other little things that have happened with my parents and, and then how I ended up going to Japan. My mother had remarried uh, to a person in the, um, in the Air Force. And so he had to go to Japan. And I, along with a couple of my family members, because I come from a family of nine, had six brothers and two other sisters, but only like about five of us went. So when we went there, this guy wanted to start a dance group something like the Jackson five. So we auditioned for it myself. I have a set of twin brothers, David and Dale and my oldest sister. And we went out for it and we got the job. And after that, shortly we started dancing in Tokyo in different clubs, like for the whole time we were there, like three years straight. Wow. That's where my career started. And, and then the book talks about all the other jobs that I got. Like once I got back, from um, Tokyo, becoming a playboy, playmate, <laughs> and then from there doing commercials and other jobs, and then finally getting, you know, the thr- uh, to work with Michael in the thriller. So, and then it takes you on a journey about what happens w- between me and Michael on the set, 
what happened afterwards, what happened behind the closed doors, <laughs> and uh, and then after, and then and then and then after Thriller, what happened to me after Thriller? Because there was a lot of my life kind of went kind of crazy and and going in a lot of different directions after that, and there was a lot of. Uh, reasons why, and some of the reasons are being talked about today, like uh, with the Harry uh, Weinstein situation. Yeah. And I, you know, I, t- I tell my stories about what happened to me in in detail, <laughs> and so that you you'll hear my side of the story about those things that have happened to me also. That's fantastic. Do you know when it might be dropping? Well, now I am right. I'm done with the book. Everything is ready to go. I'm just in the process of interviewing um, publishers and book deal, uh, looking for a book deal right now. It should be ready to go soon. Well, listeners, if you uh, work in the publishing industry or if you have any contacts, feel free to pass them along to Ola Ray and uh, let's get this book published and, and get it out there so people can read it. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. You're welcome. Happy to to bring attention to it and happy to get this published and and so people can hear this. And so we get a lot of interviews with authors. Our listeners love hearing from people that have written books that have worked with Michael and sharing stories. So don't be shy with the stories today because generally what we see is when people hear stories on our show, it's like the tip of the iceberg because, as we all know, the book's always better than the movie. So <laughs> it, it, it won't be stopping yeah, anyone from getting the book. <laughs> and and I, that's, that's on my to-do list. After I put the book out, my next project is going to be trying to get a movie deal. Oh, I'm like sure everyone, oh, I'm sure everyone would love to see me and Michael reincarnated <laughs> on the screen again. <laughs> cool. Who would you like to play yourself and who would you like to play Michael if you could have anyone? I don't, I don't know. I think Rihanna kind of looks like me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love to get Rihanna, but, and then, I mean, there are so many Michael Jackson lookalikes that are out there. So I don't know. I would have a, a ton trying to pick and choose one that I think would be best to play him, but I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> well, let's um, let's uh, kick things off by going way back to the start. Um, our audience likes to hear about the early life of our guests. Can you talk to us about uh, where you actually grew up and, and a little bit about what the sort of uh, childhood you had was? Okay, well, I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, and I only stayed there for about till I was 9 or 10 until my mom decided to um, leave and go to live in California. And um, I had a really good childhood. My dad was who worked for Carter Carburetors, and um, my mom, she was a nurse. So we never really wanted for anything. I mean, not the neighborhood, as I remember, wasn't all that great because, you know, of course, it was St. Louis. So <laughs> we're talking gangster town pretty much. But, but then once I moved to California, it was a totally different uh, lifestyle. The people were totally different, and there were, there were so many different races and creeds and colors, and then everyone was just mixed in, and it was all good. And then when we went to Japan, it was even better because the school that I went to was based on a college uh, system. And so you can graduate early if you want, and I, which I did. I was, like, taking nine classes per, per week, and I put myself up ahead, and um, I graduated early in 11th grade. And I went on to college for about a year studying theater, dance, and music. But that was once I got back from uh, Japan. But so, yeah, my childhood was good. 
you were in a military family, like you mentioned before, and it was a big mm-hmm. family, lots of brothers and sisters. And I do want to just ask about the entertainment industry in Japan when you sort of did that work. What sort of work were you doing there? And tell us about sort of the difference maybe working in Japan to, say, Hollywood. Okay, well, what we were doing is we were dancing in nightclubs, which I don't really think we should have been because we I was like <laughs> 15 years old. <laughs> And my young, my brothers were fourteen, and my sister was sixteen, and, and then but we had two older GIs that was with us. But so we were dancing in nightclubs, and we were doing commercials for these nightclubs. And then we had gotten so big to the point where we were catching planes going to different islands around Japan to dance and perform. So it was great. And the difference, I mean, I I also started modeling there and doing commercials. And I think that the difference is that the people to me are so, they're so professional. I mean, you go in, you do the job and then you get paid, you know, no problems. And they were the sweetest people ever. I love it. I mean, I love Japanese people. I love the Orient. It's like one of the favorite places, one of my favorite places to be of all time. Their ethics is just like their morals and everything are just so genuine. In comparison mm. to the people in the United States, once I came back here, it was a totally different story, you know, like trying to go to work and really just going in on an interview to do your job. And instead, you know, you're getting harassed or, you know, there's a whole, whole nother system going on here. <laughs> I want to go back a little bit and tell you more about when I was younger before, before all that, because I want to tell the viewers, you know, like I said, I come from a family of nine. And so we thought we were the Jackson five. My mom <laughs> and dad, they used to have their brothers and sisters come over and they would turn the music on and we were the entertainment. We would be called downstairs just to perform and sing and, and entertain my mom's guests, and my mom's and dad's guests. And it was so funny because we, at that time, just knew we were the Jackson 5. We were down there singing ABC, you know. And <laughs> so it was great. I mean, I grew up, you know, with my dad singing all the time to us. And we're always singing and dancing. So it was a really happy childhood. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I love hearing about where people have come from. I think it adds so much to the context of everyone's life. Yeah. Right. And, and ever since you were a little girl, was it always acting that you wanted to do or was it more performing and entertaining? Well, yeah, basically, I mean, yeah, because I started so young at the age of 15 singing and dancing. I mean, we were doing this professionally for three years straight. So, and then modeling and doing commercials. So yeah, this is kind of all that I ever wanted to do. Except for when I came back from Japan, I was thinking to go to college for or for graphic design, art art direction. But right. And I, I went up to the college and checked it out, checked the campus out and everything. And then I decided the next day I said, nope, I'm going to LA to be with my aunt. She lives there and I'm getting back into the business. So, I mean, it crossed my mind to do something different, you know, and I, I mean, I was always, I always liked to draw also and paint. So I think that was something, you know, that I also enjoyed doing. And, and also I like designing clothes and I hope to one day later, you know, in life, you know, maybe start my own clothing line. But, but the main thing was always music and, and acting. Yeah. Now, when you did go to LA, uh, you were quite young, weren't you? So how did you actually get your break in the acting world? <laughs> yeah, uh, like I said, I graduated at 17 and that's that's the time we our, our tour date was up in, in Japan and I came to LA to live. And so at the age of 
of 17, I, I just decided one day to take my pictures up to the Playboy modeling agency. Yeah. I mean, because well, the, the way I got, where I got the idea from it was from my agent in Japan. He told me, he said, Ola, when you get back to the United States, he said, it's going to be totally different. He said, if you want to get back into modeling or whatever, he said, it's going to be a little hard, a little difficult because you're only 5'4". And, you know, most of the models there are six feet. And, you know, he said it's totally different. Uh, he said, but, you know, you, one way you can break into the business is going to Playboy. And he said, I have a person here, his name, if you, if you want to take this uh, and, and look this person up when you get there. And then, you know, just get back into the business and then go from there. I mean, I, once I got back, I didn't think about it at first. But then one day I just decided, OK, I'm going to go down here. But I didn't have the card that he had given me. So I just kind of walked into the building on Sunset Boulevard, which is this is so me. Because when I want to do something, I don't like wait around for people, for someone to tell me, it's like, OK, here, here, talk to this person, go there or whatever. I'm the kind of person where I will walk straight into the building. <laughs> And I and I did, and I set my pictures down, and I told him my name, and I said, "Look, you know, I want to be a Playboy model. Please give me a call." And then within the next week or two, uh, Hefner called, and they decided that they wanted to um, to do some test pictures in Chicago. So they flew me out to Chicago, and we did some test pictures. A lot of the pictures that are in uh, my Playboy issue were test pictures. That, you know, I where I did my own hair, I did my own makeup, and, you know, they had me on a little couch, you know, just taking pictures <laughs> with no direction. So, yeah, I I basically did it like that. And then um, afterwards, they called me and they said that, um, that I was going to be Miss June. Uh, and so I had turned 18 before you know, the issue came up. So I was of age. <laughs> Yeah. Incredible. So sadly, we recently lost Hugh Hefner, who had I become know. such such a sort of figure in the in the not only that industry but in the entertainment industry and and brand of Playboy, right. such a well known brand. Back in the eighties, was I imagine sort of how people viewed that was a lot different to now. How how did you sort of feel about? Well, did people judge you at the time and how was it for you working with Hugh Hefner and, and the Playboy brand? Um, Hefner, he was the sweetest man ever. I mean, I looked up to him like, like a dad and I was like, once I became a cinephone, I was at the house all the time. I was there at the Playboy mansion and I mean, the, the, all the other playmates, I mean, we were treated like Queens and with the utmost respect. And that's how it was up there, you know? I mean, Hefner would throw all these great parties, mostly pajama parties, and, you know, we would all go and have a great time. And the champagne would be flowing all night, and it was it was always a, a good time, and everything was always great, and we were always treated with the utmost respect. So, yeah. Wow. All well, the entertainers, I guess... And all the entertainers in Hollywood, anybody who was anybody would go to the Playboy Mansion for New Year's. That's where everybody would meet up. So it was great. It was great. It was the best times of my life. I, I also tell a couple of stories about Hef in, in the book. So I should be able to read something about that <laughs> when the book comes out. Yeah, that's going to be a really exciting part of the book to read. Um, what was a typical day like in the Playboy Mansion? Okay, for for me or like most of the girls that would go up there, say it's in the summertime, we would all go and lay out around the pool topless. 
I mean, that was her thing. I mean, everyone is trying to get a tan without lines. <laughs> so, and then, and then we would have the waiters, they would come and give us whatever we wanted. You know, we'd order champagne or a steak or whatever. And they were not like really allowed to talk to us or anything. They only were there just to serve us. I mean, we were treated like, like queens, royalty. But, you know, that was it. And then, and then on every Sunday or every Friday and Sunday, they would have movie night. So a lot of entertainers and people would all come there and then we would have dinner. They would have a huge, nice dinner with, you know, servers or whatever. And we would eat a nice dinner. And then afterwards, everyone would go into the movie room. And then we would all sit and watch like any of the best movies that were out at the time. And then afterwards, everyone would, you know, like sit around and talk or go to the game room and play games. So it it was really nice. I I really, really, really miss Hef and all the great times I had at Playboy Mansions. I, I I practically grew up in there. So, yeah. Yeah.
Hey, this is Taj Jackson of 3T, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Let's talk a little bit about Michael in those early 80s years. What were your perceptions of Michael Jackson before you got to work with him? Well, first of all, like I said, when I was a little girl, we had the same, you know, we thought we were the types of five. So uh, <laughs> I've always loved Michael. And even in, in my Playboy issue, they, they asked me who was my favorite entertainer. And of course, it's Michael Jackson. And I believe that's how I got the part. Uh, John Landis had, um, had seen my issue. And I, I guess saw and read what it said and, and, and showed it to Michael. But... Um, yeah, I've I've always I've always had a crush on him, and always thought he was the best entertainer of all time. I still do. You must be so grateful for that opportunity for someone that you had sort of idol well idolized and danced to and had the crush right. on since you were young, and then you got to work with him. It would have been such a yeah. such a treasured moment. I I couldn't believe it because my agent had sent me out on this interview and with John Landis and they did not tell me anything. And so I walk in there and, and he's like telling me, Oh, well, I might want you to play the girlfriend of a, a guy who turns into a werewolf. And, and he shows me a little script that, you know, he wanted me to look at. And then all of a sudden he, he started to play the thriller on the CD. And I looked up at him and <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, is this for Michael? And he said, yes. And I just like, oh, you have to give me this part. Trust me, I'm the best girl for it. I know how to deal with him. You don't have to worry. I'm not going to be like a, like, a, like a fan all over him or freaking out. I said, I know how to do this perfectly. I'm the perfect girl for him. And I just started just, you know, trying to convince John of giving me this part. And uh, I, he said, well, okay, I'll call you in two weeks. And, um, and, I, and he did. And I, when he called, I was, I, was, uh, I was asleep. And I got the call, and I woke up, and I started jumping up and down on my bed. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I don't know. I think it was, it was a gift from God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, that is, I couldn't believe that I was the one that was chosen to do this with him. Yeah. Well, you you survived the highs and the lows of Hollywood, and yes, you're a I mo- have. yes, you have. You're still here, and we're so happy for that. And you're a mother yourself now. And I'd love to hear what advice you would give to a young person who dreams of Ooh. acting or or a career in Hollywood or in the entertainment industry. Right, I have had my highs and I've had my lows. And I would say to anybody that is trying to come into Hollywood or get into the this entertainment world is just to, first of all, get an agent. Don't try to go on any jobs, you know, from the newspapers or, you know, try, try to find someone to represent you. And then once you get the job, say you get a big job and then you watch out for the groupies because they will come like what they did with me. They came. And my house was full at all times. And, you know, then, then from there, you, they get you to try this and they try that. And, and, you know, if you're young and you don't know what's going on, you're just kind of going with the flow. And sometimes that'll take you in the wrong direction. And if you're not strong enough to deal with, with all that, it, it, you might get sucked up and sucked in and, and turned out. So I just thank God that through just his grace alone that I was saved and was able to experience all that craziness and recognize it, get out of it, 
And at that time, I moved back home to Sacramento, and I had my daughter. I left uh, when she was three years old. And I, I just spent the rest of my, uh, the last 22 years raising my daughter. And so I was able to just get my strength back and, and, and just really take, take a look, long look at, you know, what this life is really all about. And, and then once I made my decision after I wrote my book, it's like, okay, uh, my daughter is 22 years old. It's time for me to get back to work. So now I'm coming to L.A. I'm, I just re- recently, recently got back. Now I'm looking at it totally different with new eyes, but also knowing the pitfalls and knowing, you know, (laughs) what not to do, what not to go for, you know, not in that, not having to deal with the craziness of it, you know, just to be here to enjoy and do my craft, you know, and do what I enjoy doing and, and just leave the rest of the craziness alone. Yeah. Basically. And I, and I'm just so grateful because I know everybody is gone. You know, we got Whitney, we got Prince and all these people I knew. I mean, you know, so many people, so many of us, you know, have gone and gone too soon and it's all behind drugs or, you know, just just stupid stuff, you know, but I guess the entertainment industry can be a little overwhelming sometimes, but then, you know, you really, really have to be strong. You really have to have the right people in your life around you also. That's really important. Um, because I think just through the grace of God, I'm still here to tell my story, to come back, to be able to do this again. And also because, you know, look, they're, they're getting ready to put out Thriller 3D and I cannot believe it. <laughs> it's been what, over 34 years, 34 years, and they are re, uh, creating it in 3D. Wow. And it's like, God has like preserved me and just like kept me here. And I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what what he what he has in store for me because I think he has something else in store also. I don't think it's going to stop right right here. It's, I think it's going to go a little deeper. I know I I I kind of like have been volunteering lately for different causes like anybody that are been uh, in uh, domestic violence or drug drug abuse and I'm you know just volunteering my time right now because what I'd like to do is um, maybe get a nonprofit and then so I can really go and help kids or anybody that might need my help and, and, and things like that. And I, I kind of want to, I want to uh, go to schools and, and help um, any schools that might need me, like maybe in the music department and say if they don't even have a music department in their, in their school. You know, I want to be able to do things. I want to, I want to kind of leave off where Michael left off. You know, Michael did so much for the world and so much for kids, and and he showed so much love. and And I kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I kind of want to follow in his footsteps a little bit. I mean, I can never follow in into his footsteps, but at least try to give back and share as much love as possible. That's what, kind of what direction I'm going in, also. Well, it sounds like you are ready. It sounds like that that's a, a new chapter that could be opening up for you. It's incredible yeah. that, you know, yeah, Michael has inspired people so much to, to go and do for others that need it. And it is, it's a noble cause and to help not-for-profits and to volunteer. That's something right. really admirable and I'm, I'm, your your daughter must be so proud to hear you talk like that. Not only that <laughs> that you survived Hollywood, but now you know many years later that that could be something that you could start embarking on. That's really incredible. That's it. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
Yeah, I just think that God is, you know, he's, he's put me back here for a reason. I, I, don't, I haven't quite figured out exactly what it is. You know, I'm just like trying to see what, what I can do to help and what works for me. But I know that in my heart, you know, it, it's something else he wants me to do. And I'm just trying to hear his word. And I'm just trying to, you know, keep him in my heart and try to move forward with my life and try to do the best I can and be the best person I can and be the best mother I can. And I also have two grandchildren. One is, uh, is three. His name is Aiden. Beautiful blue-eyed, curly-haired baby. And then my uh, second uh, grandson, his name is Nova, and he's my little chocolate baby. Uh, he's one. <laughs> but, yeah, my daughter, she uh, she's married, and she ended up giving me two beautiful grandchildren um, early because she had some problems where she, you know, had to make some decisions about, you know, uh, if she's going to have children or not. And uh, so the doctors preferred or told her that it would be best if she was to do it now. And so she gave me two beautiful babies. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, I'm a nana. <laughs> You're a nana. Not a, I did. Not, a, not a grandma. I'm a nana. <laughs> You're a nana. I did. Well, I didn't know about that. So that's really good. I guess they're probably a bit young to have watched Thriller. Yeah, no, they haven't seen it. No, they haven't seen it yet. No, no. And I'm hoping, I don't know when my daughter's going to let them see it. But yeah, no, they haven't seen it. Wow, that'll be a yeah, special but, time when you do get to share that and they'll say, that's yeah, not that. I, I hope to be, yeah, I hope to be there when she shows it to them. I would love, as a big Michael Jackson fan myself, I've I've always wanted to know what it was like or what it would have been like to work with Michael Jackson on his most iconic short film. What was he like? Oh my god, he was he was so funny. Let's see, I I tell this story. It's in my book. No one has. I haven't really talked about it, but I'm going to tell you, you guys. Ooh. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, this is a big this is a big one. Okay, so when when I first met Michael, I was so nervous that night. He had a limo pick me up. And this is the night that they were shooting the uh, thriller thing. And I was so nervous. And somebody was at my house and they were like, um, you know, here, take a puff off this weed. And I'm like, I don't smoke weed. And they're like, okay, just take a little puff. You had to calm me down. So I took it and I didn't put any gum or anything in my mouth. So by the time I got to the set where Michael was, once he gave me a big hug, oh, hi, how you doing? This man, I'm like, hi. And he looked at me, he said, have you been smoking something? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, said, I said, no, what are you talking about? He just said, I can smell it. You've been smoking some weed. And I looked at him, I said, Michael, I said, no, no, no. I said, listen, I, said, I was so nervous at my house. And some gave it and like an idiot I took a puff I said but I do not smoke weed and I said I was just so nervous and he looked at me and he started laughing at me so hard and he just <laughs> shook his head and he said oh you he said you're gonna be okay you'll be all right babe don't worry you'll be okay and so it was so funny and there was <laughs> another time after that when we we're on the set working I, I was so nervous I had to have tea in my hand uh, a cup of tea at all times a, a chamomile tea and so he was like, are you drinking? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, no, I'm not drinking. He said, why are you always with this cup in your hand? And I said, Michael, it is just tea. And he said, let me taste it. I said, okay, here. And he took a sip from my teacup. And you know, I still have that teacup, right? But uh, oh. he said, okay. 
he said, okay, but he was so sweet. He was always joking with me, telling me jokes about this, telling me jokes about that and, and having me run around the set. And, and, but then when, when it came down to him, you know, like working like the first night that I saw him, he is such a perfectionist. He was like, okay, let's do it. And they would, they would do the thriller dance. And then it's like, okay, again, again, again. And, and then I had, a, I had a chance to like watch him when, when people would come to talk to him for business, you know, like all his, his, uh, like about at least six guys or so they would come and sit down and talk to him about business. So I would, was able to like sit there and watch him and, in action and he go from being, uh, you know, really funny and outgoing and telling jokes to a very serious person, you know, so he was really, really smart. I mean, we just had so much fun. I mean, I, I tell a lot of different stories in the book, in my book, but I, I, I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but I have lots of stories to tell you. We had so much fun. I think we fell in love. <laughs> I could tell you that. And, but something happened on the set and uh, I can't go into it, but I do go into it in the book. No worries. That's fine. I can't wait to read it. When when you got to the production of Thriller, when you first arrived, did you expect it to be so big in scale? I really didn't know what to expect. You know, I thought, of course, you know, it's Michael Jackson, but, but I, I thought it would be no, it would be normal to have a lot of people on the set. I mean, they, they had the fans blocked off like blocks and blocks away from us, you know, but if Michael would like go out there and show his face and you could hear all the fans screaming and then he would push me out there and they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't do anything. And then I would look at him like, you know, why did you do that? And he would go, it's okay. He said, it's okay. They're, they're, they're going to know who you are soon enough. Oh, don't worry. You know, and he would do me like that, but yeah, they would have them um, have the fans like blocked off, like at least a half a mile or so down in, in, in both uh, directions. But that didn't stop them because they were on the they were climbing on rooftops <laughs> trying to get to Michael. <laughs> and I remember Michael was kind of freaking out when so I was like, "Oh my God, they're coming on the roof!" <laughs> <laughs> and we would just laugh, and uh, so we just had fun. We just he he was so it, it was it was so much fun to just be with him every day, and he just was just wanted to laugh and play jokes and run around and have fun. And what about all those like things to do with actually putting a film together? Were, were you um, involved a lot in sort of acting practice and learning your lines with Michael? And how did that all go? Well, we had that one day that uh, we were in rehearsals with John Landis and John was trying to explain to us the connection that we needed to have with each other. And so I remember John telling me when I was walking, it's like I was walking a little bit too fast. It's like, oh, let's slow it down a little bit. And Michael, come on now, you got to touch her. You can touch her. It's okay to touch her. <laughs> it's okay to touch her. You got to touch her and play with her, Michael. You know, so you know, he gave us some good, great direction uh, for that. And then, and then, you know, just basically, I, I wanted to make sure that when it called for me to be afraid and to be scared, I wanted to make sure to have the most scariest face and the most scariest feeling, you know what I'm saying? Because I wanted to really make sure that this was going to be a hit. And that's all my concentration was on. It was like on doing, doing the best, you know, for the shot. And what an iconic shot it is. Yeah. That is certainly you you nailed uh, it. Scream, yeah, yes. scream. We went in. Uh, we went into uh, what do you call it to, to the studio when John was uh, editing and Michael and I and, and uh, we're sitting there and and my and John kept the scream in there 
like throughout the whole time, you know. And and Mike was like, "Are you going to keep the screen? <laughs> he said, "Are you going to turn it down, or or, or, or you know, uh, you know, you're going to?" And John's like, "No, no, we're going to keep that screen throughout this whole time she's running and whatever." He said, "He said we're going to definitely keep that." So. Yeah, that was great, you know, being able to sit there with John and, and, and Michael and editing and, you know, to figure out exactly how it was going to go. So that was exciting. I'm myself, I'm a, a big scaredy cat. What was it like for you when you first saw the makeup and the special effects of Michael and the zombie cast? I mean, I, I thought it was great. I I mean, there were so many dancers there and... I couldn't tell you who was who because, you know, by the time they came out of makeup, I, d- I couldn't tell <laughs> because, you know, the makeup was done so great. I mean, oh, the makeup artist, what's it? Um, Rick Baker. Um, yes, Mr. Baker. Yes, he was the best. And But then when Michael would get transformed, uh, his whole personality would go along with it. <laughs> that's when he became more flirtatious with me, want to play with my feet, you know, and just, you know, whisper in my ear all the time, come up from behind me. I mean, you know, so, so I think Michael really enjoyed the transformation going and, you know, because then, because even, even though he liked to laugh and joke with me and play a lot, he was still a little shy, you know? So when he put that mask on though, he, he wasn't that shy. <laughs> Did you guys um, mainly spend time together um, on the set of Thriller um, or did you guys, you know, go for dinner sometimes and, and that kind of thing as well? We were together from like, I believe, seven in the morning till late at night, every night, two weeks straight. So we were, I mean, I was in Michael's trailer a lot, you know, we, we were together the whole time. So we spent a lot of time with each other. I mean, I saw Michael after um, when he was um, in the studio, the Westlake Studios. He was recording his Bad album. And I was in the studio also recording a song. And I heard he was in the studio and I went over and talked to him. But you have to read the book to find out exactly what happened. And this was sad because I, I, I was a little not mad at him, but I was like playing with him, like telling him, you know, he was like, come and have lunch with me. All that. He was like, oh, I need to talk to you. I said, no, because I found out, you know, who you were talking about because there was a secret that went along when it was on at, at, on the set and I can't go into detail about it. But anyway, I found out what he was trying to tell me and I, I said something to him about it in the studio and he was like, oh, I said, I'm sorry, come here, come here, sit down lunch with me. And I'm like, no. And I'm like playing with him like, no, you know, because I didn't think I would ever not see him again. And I'm like, could just call me, Michael. Okay, just call me. I got to go. I got to go back to the studio. And that was the last time I saw him. And I, oh, God, I got, I kicked myself so much because I just think, you know, I, I should have I sat with him. I should have, when he offered for me to sit down, oh, please sit me with me. And I'm just, you know, being a little, trying to be a little brat and uh, I'll never, I'll never forget that because that was the last time I saw him. I, I never, I never thought I would never not see him again. You know what I'm saying? I never thought that. So you have a Michael Jackson Grammy, don't you? You, you were well, able to, what's the story you know, there? It, I found out, I found out it's not a Grammy. <laughs> because, oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Because the Grammys, look, they all look the same, right? They, they all look yeah. like little recorders with a little microphone or whatever on it. But yeah, I just yeah. assumed it was a Grammy because that's all he was getting was Grammys. And he <laughs> asked me to go, and he asked me to go to Germany to pick up uh, this one 
uh, for him. And so I just assumed it was a Grammy. And later on, I found out it was just a, it was like, a, it was some kind of awards, like an MTV awards. And it's like a little oh. gold statue, you know? And so I have it. And when I got back, it was like, he's like, okay, I'm going to send a message. I said, no, 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 man, you got to come over to my house and pick it up. <laughs> you know, I went to Germany to get it for you. You got to come get it. And he was like, oh, come on. He's like, so I said, no. I said, okay, Michael. I said, look, you, know, you already have so many Grammys. Just let me keep this one then, okay? He's like, all right, oh, you, you keep that one. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so, thank yeah, it's you. not a Grammy. <laughs> it is not a Grammy. It's just a, it's just a trophy. But it's, well, you know, it's, 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 it's my trophy. That's it's right. my only that's... it's my only trophy from thriller which is so cool but it was was kind of i don't know it's so weird it's like now all of a sudden a lot of people are are, are requ- requesting me to come to events where they are going to be like giving me awards like this next week coming up and i feel so honored and so grateful i'm like oh that's so sweet you know it's like after 34 years, you know, people are like starting to acknowledge, you know, my little part that I play with Michael. So that's so cool. It makes me feel good. I'm gonna do it tonight. I'm gonna do it tonight. Ooh, baby. I'm gonna do it tonight. Ooh, mama. I'm gonna do it tonight. Tonight, ooh, baby, I'm gonna see you tonight. Oh, darling, I'm gonna tell you tonight. Ooh, I'm gonna see you tonight. Hi, this is Michael Jackson.
Hi, this is Vincent Patterson. I'm the director and choreographer for Michael Jackson, and you are listening to the MJ Cast. Looking back now, it's extraordinary that a film in you know set in the early '80s had not one but two powerful black leading characters. At the time, did you feel like a real sense of pride that the color line was being broken in in such an innovative and, and powerful way? Right, yeah, because it was like the first, first of all, it's like a first of its kind being a short film, okay? Uh, it's not a video. It's like short. Michael wanted to make every make clear that everybody knew, no, this is not a video. It's a short film. And the fact that MTV put it, put it on, you know, uh, on their network and that, yeah, that that broke a lot of barriers. It crossed over, and uh, I mean, it was it was just great, you know, to 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 witness something like that because you know it was something totally different than than anybody had seen before. You know, no one was ever no one was doing music videos like like that. You know, so the concept, the idea, the the way it was it was put together, and everything was yeah, it was it was it was groundbreaking. I was very honored to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah, you deserve a lot of recognition for it. I mean, I know a lot of the time we focus on Michael, but at the end of the day, there were two leading characters in that film and you were such a massive part of, you know, being able to inspire so many young black kids all around America that could look up and see, wow, yeah. you know, look, we can accomplish this as well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good about it. I'm so honored and I'm just like, wow, after all these years, it's still going strong. It's still like number one. To pinch myself sometimes, you know when I <laughs> when I wake up, you know I gotta say, oh my god! And then now, Thriller 3D is coming out. I'm like, whoa! I'm really super excited. And I, I just got the the invite the other day. I would like to announce to everyone, I got my invite. <laughs> so I will be going to the premiere. You'll be going to the LA. Oh wow! Wow! Awesome! Okay, yeah, have you LA at the Chinese at the Chinese theater? I will be there. So I'm I'm really happy that you know I got that invite. I was waiting on it. I wanted to go to the premiere in Venice when because I and I because I was at I was in Europe at the time. I could have gone. And I was like I was so mad. I was like oh how come nobody has called me? You know how come nobody has even told me anything that's going on? So at first my little feelings were hurt, you know. But then other and then after that I thought about it and I was like wow this is an honor <laughs> that they are even considering you know putting this back out here like this so and then you know i just just became very humble and grateful at the end of the day you know so i got the call and yes on tuesday i I, i'm i'm still freaking out right now thinking i'm getting ready to walk this red carpet the only thing that's going to be missing is michael he'll be there in spirit on my side he will be yeah it's going to be nice but it's going to be sad you know for me We've heard from uh, some listeners that we had on a recent show that were at the Sydney screening and and just everyone says it is just more glorious than it has ever been. So wow. I can't wait for you to experience that. I can't wait either. It's going to be nice. It's going to be really nice. Yeah, I get to dress up and walk the red carpet. <laughs> Go get your glamour on. Go get your glamour on. (laughs) I'm going to try. I'm still trying to figure out what to wear, but I'm sure before Tuesday I'll have it all figured out in my mind. Yeah, it's going to be an honor to see and be a part of it yet again. This is going to be fantastic. I'm so excited. 
Let's talk a little bit about Thriller 3D. And uh, I know that earlier on, and I know it's different now, I've seen interviews with you recently where you're very supportive of Thriller 3D coming out. But I know uh, if we go back about a month or two ago, you you were actually a little bit um, uh, apprehensive about Thriller 3D coming out now. Was that more right. because you weren't sort of consulted on the project early on? When I first heard about it and no one had told me because I was over in Europe at the time, I could have went to the premiere. That's why I said I got a little upset and I was like, wow. And yeah, nobody had called. Nobody had told me anything about it. Yeah. And I just think that it's still, you know, there are a lot of things that need to be discussed. But at a later date, and I'm sure we I'm sure we're going to be able to sit down at the table and get everything straightened out because I, I sincerely don't want to have to go to court and I don't want to have to do any of that anymore. You know, it's like, yeah. it's been 37 years and I'm just don't want to, I, I'm just hoping that we'll be able to sit down and figure it all out and let's just do what's going to be best for everybody and make everybody happy. You know, that's all I want. I just want to just be clear on, as to, you know, exactly how, what we're doing here. That's all. <laughs> But what I'm very you? honored, you know, about it, and I'm very grateful. You know, at the end of the day, I had to think about it, and I had to humble myself. It's like, Ola, you know, this is a great opportunity that God has given you. He's given you another opportunity at this. So, you know, I, I had to look at it. At first, I was, you know, I was a little upset because I wasn't, no one talk, called me. And then I had to think about it. It's like I had to become grateful, and then after that, I became humble. And now I'm great. You know, it's like okay, God has a plan, and so I'm trying to figure out what His plan is for me in my life. And so I have to, I have to humble myself and just be grateful for all things that are coming to me. And then hopefully, you know, we're going to sit down and figure out all the other stuff later. You know, we have time to do that. Thriller is not being released, I believe, until next year. So we have plenty of time. What did your original 1983 contract on Thriller entitle you to? Wow. Okay. Well, Michael was so generous. He gave me like two and a half percent of growth. And wow. I also, he, he also gave me licensing and merchandising. And <laughs> I mean, he gave, you know, he, he gave me a, a security agreement to make sure that I was to be paid and taken care of in case of anything, you know, but uh, a long way, some kind of way, I, none of, a lot of it was not honored and I never really received what was, uh, you know, supposed to have been given to me. And they said, I agreed to a settlement. I did not agree to a settlement and I never told anybody this. So this would be a first. Also more of it is, I talk more about it in my book, but, yeah, I had never agreed to a settlement. My lawyer had me sign something, and later on they sent me 10 pages trying to take away all my rights. Basically, that's Ooh. what happened. And, wow. yeah, and so I'm. that's why I'm just hoping that uh, – And but then I was told that this cannot be done. Uh, I was told that no one can change my contract. So, I mean, right, that's why I'm at right now with this, trying to, you know, figure out what exactly we need to do, whether we need to sign a new one or – uh, is my old one going to be validated or, you know what, there's a lot of little questions about it right now, but I don't want to go into too much detail about it because it's still like a legal matter. You know, I just, I'm just want to just be happy right now that, you know, it's coming out and again, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be just, I'm confident that we're going to be able to sit down at the table like adults and we're going to go through everything and then, you know, we're going to take care of it because I don't want, I don't want, Michael Jackson's fans not to see this, you know, is very important to a lot of his fans and 
to their children to, you know, give them the opportunity to see this also. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I, I want, I want the world to see it. I want to see it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's he, but he was very generous to me. Michael was said, so generous. And I also have a, a, a special gift for everyone that might get the book. And I, I've included my contract. Oh, cool. A thriller. Oh, fantastic. That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. What a piece of history to have yeah. documented. Right, because I I was I had heard that people were selling things on uh, on in auctions, you know, about pieces of the, the documents regarding thriller. I'm like, whoa, and I'm like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to do that. I want the world to have it, you know. So I'm going to put it in my book for everybody, you know, that that buys it will have a little piece of thriller, a little piece of history of thriller, you know, along with pictures of me and Mike, and so, you know. That's awesome, and and just bef- and lastly, as we move on from discussion around um, Thriller three D and the whole court scenario, um, mm-hmm. yeah. basically, I just I I want to tell you like, um, don't sell yourself short. You know, just I think you're such an amazing p- part of that film, such an iconic, integral part of that film. The estate of Michael mm-hmm. Jackson's had a bit of a history about not paying people what they deserve. You can see that in the recent Quincy Jones lawsuit where he finally got paid a lot of the money that he was entitled to from the Michael Jackson estate. So um, as much as we love what's happening with Thriller 3D and that's really awesome, I really am in your corner and I hope you get what you deserve as well. So. Well, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. You know, I do feel a little left out (laughs) because everybody, everybody, Quincy, Landis, everybody, you know, got, you know, something and I ended up getting you know, it's a totally different story. They got, they had it where they're making me pay them back some money, which is I probably shouldn't have said that. But anyway, I don't even know how that happened. (laughs) But like I said, it was, it was like, they gave me 10 documents and I mean, 10 pages of something I'd never seen before. And, and, and and it was a lot of things taken away and making me seem like I had to repay them back. And it was just horrible, but I don't want to focus too much on that, but I'm, I, I'm hoping I'm praying that we're going to be able to resolve it because I can't physically and mentally go through another 30 years of uh, dealing with yeah. that. It's too stressful. Yeah. You've got young grandkids to entertain. <laughs> exactly. And take care of. That's the oh, thing. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful. It's like, I have kids. I have kids. I have grandchildren. I have to take care of. I'm a nana now. You guys <laughs> got to help me out. Help me out a little bit. It's like, take care of my babies now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, Ola, where can people find you online? Like, have you got any social media profiles that people can, can keep an eye on and find information about the book when it's going to be announced for its release? Okay. Uh, my Instagram is Ola Marie Ray. That's my full name. And then I have a, a, a Facebook page with a, a headshot of myself. It's back from the thriller, not thriller, when I did my Playboy. It's a Playboy headshot of me. It's just, it's all array. And then I have a like page. And that like page has me and Michael's picture on it. So those are the only three that I have out right now. And I, I'm posting all the time. And yes, I will keep everybody updated as to when I, you know, will get the news about the release. And you can count on us as well. Um, other than these special episodes, our other style of episode is a news and discussion episode. And when there is details for the thrill of it all, the book by Ola Ray, when there are details to share, you can guarantee that they will be in our news episode as well. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, and I'll make sure you guys know right away. As soon as I, oh, as soon as I get the news, I'll contact you guys so you guys can let everybody know also. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, Ola, we have one final question for you that we ask every single guest that we ever have on the MJ cast. And it's mm-hmm. how how do you think Michael Jackson should be remembered? Uh, as the, the baddest entertainer of all time. A person that was full of love. All he, he, he eliminated. If you were to have met Michael, he had an aura around him. I mean, it was amazing just to have been in his company. So I would say, yeah, he was the baddest entertainer of all time. <laughs> and he was love. The definition of love. Yeah. I'm looking at him right now as I'm talking to you guys. I keep him in my living room. I talk to him all the time. I mean, we have a, such a special connection. I mean, when he passed away, I, I know this might sound a little crazy, but he kind of took me through every every little step of the way when he was passing. Like when he first passed, he came to me the third day. And then the second time he was still on stage dancing, he was in denial. He didn't know that he had been gone. I mean, that he had passed. I mean, I talk about all this in my book and it's so weird. And so he's with me. I feel his spirit with me all the time. But yeah, he, he kind of showed me every little, every little detail. And <laughs> I guess to let everybody know that he's fine. You know, he's, he's doing good. He, he even showed me where he lives. <laughs> Wow, that's, that's a story. Yes, deep. It's deep. deep you know, he, stuff. Comes to, he comes to me in my dreams. I am not lying. He comes to me in my dreams. I'm like, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep coming to me? And he comes to me in my dreams. He's like, come on, get on the bike with me. I'm like, where's the mic? He said, just get on the bike. Oh. And then he, he had me get on the bike. And then he'll point and he said, look at this. Do you see the big white castle? I said, yes, he does. He said, that's where I live now. So I'm like, okay, Michael. So I just want to let all his, all you listeners, all you fans out there know that he is doing just great. Yeah. <laughs> well, the queen of Halloween, Miss Ola Ray, this chat has been an absolute delight. And thank you so much for celebrating Thriller Night, Michael's own holiday with us and, and our listeners. We really appreciate your time. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. appreciate you guys calling me to do this. I've never like spoken and told so much uh, on any uh, news um, cast and, you know, some of the things that we discussed. And I guess I really needed to talk about them. So this was the perfect time. This is our, this is our time. This is me and Michael's, you know, time, Halloween. <laughs> this is, this Thanks is your much. time too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you, Ola. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. A monster had arrived in the village. The major ingredient of any residue for fear is the unknown. And this person or thing is soon to be met. He knows every thought. He can feel every emotion. Oh, yes, I did forget something, didn't I? I forgot to introduce you to the monster. You're fearing me, cause you know I'm a beast. Watching you when you sleep, when you're in bed, I'm underneath. You're trapped in halls, and my face is the walls. I'm the floor when you fall, and when you scream, it's cause of me. I'm the living dead, that dog off in your head. I heard this one said, that's why you gotta be threatened. You should be watching me, you should be. Why you be there? Every time you leave.
What's up, everybody? This is Nick, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Played some spooky songs on this episode. Kicked things off with a PYT remix, the Reflex edit. That wasn't not not that scary, actually, at all. It's PYT. That's not one of the spooky songs, but followed up by... It was followed up by Thriller, the Louis LaRoche remix, or Louis LaRoche remix. I don't know how to say his name. But I liked it. Did you like it? I picked it. I loved it. It's good, hey. I've been listening to it nonstop for like two weeks. Could be longer. It just could be a bit longer. Better than that new Steve Awoki whatever mix. Oh my god. Yeah, let's not go there. Um, no. And <laughs> and then we we finish things off with a new remixed by Nick remix of Threatened, the Crook Country remix. Love it. Yeah, it was good. I liked I liked the first one. I prefer the first one, I'm going to say it, but it was still really, really good. Yeah, I don't think I can pick a favourite yet, actually. I love both. Like, I Threatened is one of my fave songs, so a mix of it anytime, especially that good, bring it on. 
Uh, we got another song coming up that we haven't played yet. It is Thriller Violin Cover by Taylor Davis as well to finish the show off. Ah, that is a good one. Sweet. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the MJ Cast. All of our show notes and links to the songs and things like that uh, can be found at themjcast.com or in your podcast app if you click show all details and all that sort of stuff down where the description of the show is uh, show notes are actually there and it's all hyperlinked so you can click on things and it'll open up directly on your device Uh, social media really quickly Twitter Facebook Instagram and Tumblr across all of those you can find us as the MJ cast we're also on youtube.com slash C slash the MJ cast. And we look forward to your emails. You can reach us at the MJ cast at iCloud.com. And of course we are a podcast, which is enjoyed best and in full on podcast applications, such as Apple podcasts, Android podcast things, Stitcher radio, TuneIn radio, Podbean, and yeah, your Google Play Store. That's that's a thing, isn't it, Jamin? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like mysterious Android stuff to me, but oh, that's the Android one. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Google Play Store. Yeah, subscribing is so so difficult because <laughs> you just click a button that says subscribe. Yeah. It's that's whoa. Like <laughs> you will need to sit down after that. Need a training course for that one training course it's one button on your certificate to in podcast subscription yeah <laughs> click the button that says subscribe once you've searched us and found the mj cast so yeah that is us as the mj cast which is a podcast and the youtube episode doesn't come out the same time no a week later usually yeah generally a week later and often it's missing stuff so you're not getting the full experience as it should be enjoyed and you can't really take YouTube in the car and stuff, really. Well, you can't you can, but you can't really do anything else on your phone. You've got to have like YouTube open and playing the episode and then you can't sort of press the home button and go and do other stuff. It stops the audio. So yeah. just why why even do YouTube? Do you like just just podcast. It's better. We do it we do it as a courtesy for y'all. For y'all, for all the grandmas. For y'all. <laughs> no, it's not all grandmas. Love you, grandmas. Don't, no, don't feel bad. We love you. We know we know great listeners who just do it on the YouTubes. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up, but um, we hope you enjoyed this latest uh, Thriller Night special episode. And I don't know, maybe um, send us links if you've got pictures of yourself dressed up in MJ stuff for Halloween. Yeah. Uh, and if you've done any MJ decorations and decorating for th- your own Thriller Night. Yeah, sounds good. We'll try and if you if you send us, t- if you tweet us your pictures, we'll try and retweet them and get them out. And yeah, yep. be fun. Awesome. Well, uh, see you in a couple of weeks, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks time. We'll be back for another regular episode of the MJ cast. Michael on. Keep Michaeling.
ACAST.